You are listening to Redefining Disability, an adaptive sports podcast brought to you by Move United. I am your host, Sean Butcher, and I have the privilege of serving as the editor of Move United Magazine, the nation's leading adaptive sports publication. Each week, tune in to hear how sports have made it possible for our nation's adaptive athletes, training tips from the best coaches and program leaders, and news on the latest technology, equipment, and trends in the industry. My guest, Army veteran Tony Drees, would survive the deadliest missile attack of the Gulf War. But in February 2018, the Purple Heart recipient's right leg was amputated at the hip due to complications from his wounds. That year, he would learn how to ski as an amputee. Now, skiing is his jam. Drees uses his love for skiing and adaptive sports as a way to engage others. Tony is a Move United Warfighters ambassador and a member of the Move United DEI leadership team. So, Tony Drees, thank you very much, my man, for being a guest today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Sean. So, uh, I got to meet you briefly at uh, Ski Spectacular, I believe last year. You are uh, a, a Move United Warfighter Ambassador. Um, you are a veteran, of course, as a result of that. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit about for folks that, that don't know you and don't know your story. Were you involved in sports growing up? How, what was your childhood like? Oh, uh, thanks for asking, Sean. My childhood was um, actually pretty tumultuous, um, the first decade of my life, uh, a little bit over a decade. Um, and sports, and it, it wasn't about sports. Being strong for me was a matter of actual physical survival, right? So at a young age, I was very, very, like, freak. I've always been considered a little bit on the freakish strong side, right? Um, but it was a survival mechanism. It wasn't until... Um, and I had an interest in sports. My family was around baseball, so I, I had an interest in it. Um, I just wasn't able to participate. And then by the time I was 12, then I got to be in organized sports. Um, and I, I, I liked football. I was a little small. <laughs> I was a year ahead for my grade, and I was a little small. Uh, those junior high, high school years, whew. Uh, <laughs> um, but I found that I was, with my strength, I was good at track. Um, I was good at, um, baseball, as I mentioned, um, things like that. So I always kind of liked sports, but what I liked most about sports was always belonging to a team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I find, um, that's one reason why people obviously get into the military as well. So what, when did you choose, when did you make the choice to, uh, get involved and, and join the, join the army? I joined the army. I um, was in college in my first semester, and then I turned 18. I was like, "Nah, I gotta go to the army." <laughs> it was like I, I tried, but nah, I gotta go to the army. Um, my uh, my grandfather was in the air force. My great grandfather was in um, was a Buffalo soldier in the Spanish American War, and I've always had kind of that that uh, I was born on an air force base. Right. So it, it was always in me. Um, and so if you know, you know. And so I knew. And so as soon as I turned 18 in November, um, my birthday is tomorrow. So it would have been. Oh, man, I don't know what's 53 minus 18. Right. Like it was, <laughs> it was that long ago, as you said, 35 years ago. Right. That I had joined the army um, and then yeah, it changed my life forever. I got to be a part of the team. And, and um, did you choose your occupation or your, your MOS, as you will, um, or 
or did you, uh, or, or did you just kind of go in like me? I, I was 17 when I signed up and I was naive. I had no idea what I wanted to do. So the recruiter put me in a, in a position. So what was your trajectory like? Mine was a little better. Um, mine was on the tail end of, um, the Reagan era so that I was what they called a bonus baby. I had a very high GT score. And so I basically went in this room of library of videos and started watching videos. I had a list of MOSs and then the bonuses associated with them. And so they had one that was the truck driver. Well, I lived on a farm by this time. That's what we did in the summer all the time. And it was a bunch of bonuses. Um, the, the most important of those, and I want to make sure I iterate that, was the education bonus. So it, I think it took it, uh, it like five times your GI Bill, right? And I was like, okay, so I'm not ready for college now. But uh, signing up for that GI Bill uh, the way I did, the, when I did, it was, it was a great decision. And then I got to be a truck driver. So I, it was so fun for me. I was like, I had so much fun in the military. Yeah, and uh, like you, I I had a long uh, family history of of military service too. So, you know, it really wasn't uh, a difficult decision uh, for me um, either in terms of my father, my grandfather. I was born in Fort Campbell, Kentucky. You know, so uh, so I I got you know when I joined, it was it was not much of a surprise either. Um, did you stay a truck driver? Did you switch MOSs? How long were you in the service? I was in the army for four years and I honestly, I could not get out of being a truck driver fast enough. You know, the recruiters are there at the MEP station trying to, uh, or at the out processing center, trying to get you to, to sign on with them. And that was not my, I was like, Nope, I'm, I'm good with that. Um, what I did, Sean, is I went back to use my GI bill. I went back to the university of North Dakota to, uh, become an aeronautical major, um, an aeronautical studies major. Right. And my, my hope was to be a helicopter pilot and then go back into the army as an army aviator. Hmm. And, and then the Gulf war started. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wait, where's the helicopters? Right. Yeah. And then the Gulf war started. Um, and so that was even interesting. Um, it started in August and I went to the recruiter and said, Hey, um, I'm recently out. I was actually um, in that, in the meantime, I was competing with the Army ROTC, Army Ranger team. And so we had one state and we were going to nationals. And so I was in fantastic shape, right? Um, I'd had a break from Army Chow, a break from, right? I got to rest my body and then I got to work out. So I was in phenomenal shape. And the recruiter said that we didn't want prior service. So then I didn't know what to do. And, 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 and Sean, if you know me, I, I, I'm kind of driven by this this thing that I, I can't always see or I can't always explain, but that was, it was very disturbing for me, but not for long because in January I got reactivated as an inactive reservist. And I got my letter that said, welcome back to the army. That, you know, that's interesting that they, that, that I would ever hear someone say, I don't want prior service or we don't want prior service. Yeah, I, I, me too. I was cracked actually. Um, but that's how it went down. And it was, um, it, 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 um, it made me grateful to be a part of the team again, to be honest with you, right? I was glad I had my team to fall back on in ROTC, but it, it's like being, uh, I used to always say, training to be an accountant and then working, um, I don't know, as a truck driver, right? It's, it's, there's nothing wrong with being a truck driver, and I, I loved it, 
But if it's not your calling or if it's not your jam, then it's somehow not gratifying. Yeah, and I, I would echo that. And, you know, like I said, I, the recruiter put me into a position where I was a equipment records and parts specialist, 76 Charlie, so quartermaster. And I ordered supplies for military vehicles. You know, that's not something that I, if looking back, would have ever signed up to do, but that's what I did. And, and, uh, and so it wasn't exciting. It wasn't sexy for me. And uh, so I found myself, even in the sh- few short years that I was in the service, uh, taking on all these extra duty assignments. I got the driver. I was a CO's driver for a while. I was, you know, I just moved into any position and took any challenges that I could take because that wasn't very gratifying or very satisfying. And I, and I see you the same way. You're always searching for, you know, you know, that, that, uh, level of gratification and, and something that makes you happy and fulfilled and, and kind of like the destiny, you know, uh, part of, part of your journey. Yes, sir. Um, and if if I can say my all I'm all I'm called to do, honestly, is I I tried to reduce it down to the the least amount of words, Sean. And I think if I can summarize, and I feel like I had a good life, is if I can inspire, if I can motivate and influence. Mm-hmm. And if I take that just one step, like what do you mean, Tony? Okay, so then if I can inspire adversely, if I can motivate equitably, and if I can influence inclusively. And if you ask, well, how? How could you possibly? Okay, so I, then I would hold, be hold, like... Hold on, hold on, Tony. How could you do that? I know, I, I get crazy, right? <laughs> Sean, I get crazy. I get crazy in the least amount of words. So let's talk about inspiration and, and, and to inspire. What, 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 does that, what does that mean for you? Um, thank you for asking. In, inspiration, I, I don't think inspiration looks like what people think that I think inspiration looks like. Um, inspiration was when I was a young child, still in, influenceable, right, at um, 12, damaged and whatever, traumatized. And then I meet like my little sister and she's in a wheelchair and she has been ever since. So to see her courage, to see her get up despite the odds, it inspired, right? Like that's inspiration to, to see um, when, to see someone do something that you would previously think is impossible is what I think is inspiration. Like, Oh wow. Right. That's inspiration. I get to do that because I survived my life, right? Like I, my story, if you write it down on paper, or if you read it, at some point, someone's gonna go, wow, you got me, right? Like there's, and, and I'm kind of that guy, right? You can sit down and tell me your life story and you got me at hello, right? Like I, I get it, like you, but if you wanna lay down the stuff, um, obstacles that a person's overcome, I'll go with you, I'll go with anybody, right? And that's the inspiration part of my life that I just get to be that. It didn't hurt. I mean, I can't say it didn't hurt, but it didn't, I didn't take it personally. Mm-hmm. Right. So I get to do that. I get to inspire with that pain and it did hurt. That's, that's really the truth. It did hurt. And it still hurts sometimes, but that's the cost for inspiration. I'll pay it. Someone's got to pay it. So is it, is it a burden or is it an opportunity? It's an opportunity. Um, and it could be both. Like it, it could be both. You have to be careful. You have to stay in balance. 
And I think the only way you stay in balance is having a like-minded community around you, have people to keep you grounded, have people to keep your, your head on straight, um, have coaches that, that, um, that are constantly giving you direction and feedback and guidance and, and mentorship. Um, it, it, you have to have the community. Um, actually, on the community, that's it. It's, it's the biggest part of it, right? Yes. Um, it's the biggest part of it. It's what we all miss. Uh, definitely during this time, trying to trying to figure out how to do it on a computer or through Zoom or through any virtual platform. It's it's something that we uh, some, may have taken for granted, but not now, right? Right. Um, and guys like me, uh, I'll tell you, it kind of fell in my hands. When I designed my, I had a public speaking company that I run, right? When I designed it, I designed it to do this ahead of time, right? Like I was like, we can't continue to do this. We can't, like in the cost of it, being a public speaker, and a lot of it I do pro bono, right? Like I do it for nonprofits. I do it for their fundraisers. So the price of it, right? Like it's always been on me. Um, so this, as some people hate it, I also look at it as an opportunity. So now the world got trained on exactly the same day on Zoom and all that, right? Like I, they're all trained on video. They're all trained on virtual. And so now me being in a wheelchair five years since I started my, that portion of my company, it's, now I, I can, it's inclusive. I can go everywhere now. I can go everywhere. And I can't go everywhere in this chair, literally. So we, we talked a little bit about inspiring. Uh, what about motivating? You see something that's inspirational, it makes you stop and go, hmm, about you, about like, you know, right? It, it happens to those of us that are adaptive all the time. We'll be minding our own business and some well-meaning person will come and go, wow, I have no reason to complain, right? That's it. It was, they're expressing their motivation, right? Like they're, they're, they're compelled, right? That compilation to, to want to say or do something, that's motivation. And that can motivate that adversely, right? Like you can motivate, so with equity. Um, I want to use the, the analogy of skiing, because skiing is my jam, right? Um, you think of skiing and you see a one-legged guy zooming by you and jumping and going underneath and then doing the moguls and, the, and then just gone, right? You think to yourself like, wow, right? So that inspires everybody. It doesn't matter, right? That inspires diversely. They don't, everybody's like, wow, that's cool. Okay. Now, if you're at the bottom of a hill, Sean, having coffee with your friends and there's a group of you sitting there and this one-legged skier shushes up to you, stops, and flips off their helmet. It's a brown guy. Hey, I don't care who you are. You weren't expecting that. That's the way, that wasn't the picture of who you thought was going to come out of the helmet. And then you pay closer attention. Not only is it brown, but I have a little gray in my beard. So are you saying an old black guy, one-legged, skier, right? Like those are... That is equity, right? That, the equity part is that, wow, you overcome all of those things. So something had to happen. Something had to align for that person to overcome all of those obstacles because there's so many 
just from my own filters, just from him taking the helmet off, right? And then lastly, that motivation, when I feel compelled to do something, I want to be the one that says, when you feel that way, give to us. Give to adaptive sports. Give to warfighter sports. Give to Move United. Here's the reason why. Because of those obstacles that you weren't, that you thought, but you didn't dare say, those really are the obstacles. I'm over 50. I'm a warfighter. I'm disabled. I'm brown. I've been homeless. I've been addicted to opioids. I've been divorced twice. I've been homeless again. Uh, I've had 74 surgeries. I've been had PTSD. Like all of the statistics, they're not things that you find in a storybook. They're the people that are right next door to you. Right. Yeah, and and just the odds, right? I mean, the you you when you talk about odds, um, you you've you've accomplished and, and conquered many many of them to succeed, and and most folks Flip. think that there is roadblock after roadblock after roadblock that you know you don't have a you don't have a shot, but you do, and you did, right? And and we all do, and and the one thing that I will share, Sean, um, my I've been very very fortunate. I'm a good storyteller. I was a professional salesman. Um, so I've been able to take my story and leverage it to other opportunities for myself. And so this year, um, and, and I, I need to let you know the primary reason, right? Sports thing kept me going, right? When I was sleeping in my car, yeah, but there was someone else that was praying for me, knowing that I was supposed to be going to the wheelchair game. When I won this gold medal at the wheelchair games, right? It's not for me, right? It's for all those people who prayed for me, all those people who well wish me, and then they put their money where their mouth was, and they supported the organizations that support us. Those are the people that I stayed in the game for. Like I'm on the team for them now. And further, COVID nineteen thing has made it so that it. That's another smack. So now we are not only four times, now we're five times, right? And so I've got to use my ability uh, to do this thing for the greater good. Yeah, and that probably comes back to your third point, which is influence, right? Influence. And so I've been fortunate. It has been announced to me that I am the 2021 Kirk M. Bauer uh, Adaptive Athlete scholarship recipient yes um an award thank you an award that comes with ten thousand dollars and so i'm going to use my ten thousand dollars to um be an ambassador right like be out in the sport being an ambassador and then sharing those three points influence motivation i'm sorry did i out of order inspiration I know I, I get crazy with that. I can do it backwards and forward, right? We did right, exactly. Right. You, you know, I can do it backwards and forward. Um, we can do it backwards, but we'll do that later. But I want to say, uh, inspire, motivate, and influence, right? And so through that, I want to have diversity, equity, and inclusion through advocacy, collaboration, and fundraising. So the advocacy part, this is what I'm going to do on tour. I'm going to go out and go to these, um, like now it's ski season, friends. So I'm going um, to Breckenridge, where we'd normally have ski spec, where we met. Yep. 
and I'm going to try and ski 22 miles. Try. I'm going to ski 22 miles in our trek to Breck. And then I want to broadcast some of my uh, time there for the veterans that, like, I live here. It's right up the street for me, right? And I can do it remotely. I can do it social distance compliant, all that stuff. And then hopefully share some of my experience of how I'm being active. Um, December, not sure. I hope to go to Utah in December. But in January, I'm going on a Knowles um, expedition uh, for leaders of color. And so we're going to go 40 miles in nine days. You have to pack your stuff in and pack it out. They've never had someone do it on crutches before. Um, yeah, so, we were talking about that before we started. Tell me, I'm really intrigued about this Knowles uh, adventure. Tell me, like, where is it taking place and, yeah. and uh, a little bit more about the experience that you're planning to, to have? Yeah, thanks for asking. I'm so excited. Um, Move United had a scholarship available for um, a national outdoor leadership school. Um, it's an expedition, uh, a desert expedition, basically. It's 40 miles and it's nine days um, out in Arizona. They don't tell you exactly where. Um, they have a base in Arizona up by Tucson and they don't tell you the destination. They don't want you to study the maps and whatever. And and then you go out and you build teamwork. Um, this expedition is for leaders of color. So I'm so excited to, I anticipate a lot of these are going to be younger leaders of color. And so I'm excited to, number one, go out there to inspire um, through being able to be out there and right when they see. And it's going to be hard for them. They're going to have to take some inventory, right? And at the same time, they motivate me like being around young people you get their energy you get their vibe you stay young and then i also hope to um, motivate them as well through their internal process to change how they believe change how they view things look at it through a different lens your lens is okay but look at that through a different lens what if lens right and influence their ability to lead in the future as a warfighter the last thing i want them to understand is war violence is not the answer war is not the answer like find a way to rebuild the community through the leaders through the young people so those are the kind of things that um, and i have a bunch more things on tour but sean there's more <laughs> well and and i could see like through the nose experience or any of your act activities or adventures that those three kind of the mantras of inspiring motivating and influencing really uh, comes to fruition through each experience. And you use, you channel your ability and opportunity to en engage in all three of those, you know, every time that you interact or engage with somebody else or participate in an event. I could see that just being part of, you know, who you are and what you do on a regular basis. Yes, sir. It's my life, right? And so that's, I wanted to be able to, to be true to it, right? Like I live by three personal rules, no lies, no excuses, and never quit, right? And so those are good rules. I want to, so those are the do nots, do's and don'ts, right? But the, what do you do then, right? Like what are you doing, right? And so with this crazy life, if I don't use it to inspire, it's wasted. Further, if people aren't motivated, then I'm not doing it right. Then lastly, if they're influenced, if they're compelled to do something, I want them to, let's do it uniformly because the problem that warriors face, the problem that adaptive athletes face, um, 
with a little bit of focus. And especially right now, people are looking for general leadership, generally something to hold on to, generally something to unite us, not divide us, something that, man, I want to, an icon of something to say, put their name on, put their company's name on, um, to be able to say, yeah, we are part of that movement, right? The Move United movement. Um, is worth having, right? Like, okay, it was only 74 surgeries, right? I got another leg, so we got time, right? We got plenty of time. You, you know, you, Tony, you talked about, you know, those surprise moments, you know, as you were wrapped up at the bottom of a hill and people weren't expecting, you know, the one-legged uh, skier, um, the fact that you're, you're black. Um, so I have to ask, how did you get into skiing? Oh, so when I was in, in the army, when I was 18, I learned how to ski. Let me tell you how I learned how to ski. So we, they, there was an opening on the bus. So like, Dries, you want to go on the ski trip? I've never skied. I'm from North Dakota, right? It's flat. I'm from North Dakota, first of all, Grand Forks, North Dakota, where it's flat, flat, below flat. And I'm an athlete, like just I'll try anything, that kind of athlete. Like I'll do anything. It sounds fun. I'll do it. So they get me rental stuff. They're like, we got all your stuff, whatever. So we take the bus ride or whatever. I remember, Sean, being on the gondola at the bottom. And, you know, you don't necessarily just go at the gondola and look straight up. So you just get on it or whatever. I remember at some point, this thing was rocking. And I looked down. And this thing that was this huge lake was like this little stamp. And then there was mountain goats. And we're out here rocking and swaying and going up and up. And I'm thinking to myself, how? am I going to get down? And so I, I literally, I, as soon as I snapped in, I took off, I hit a snow fence, I looked over. It was like, it's life or death up there. It's not a joke, right? And so I managed to get down. And right from there, I went to a week of lessons at Birch's Gardens with uh, my own German instructor. And by the end of the week, I was skiing backwards, jumping off stuff, like <laughs> flying. Like I like to go fast. Um, came people don't know this about adaptive sports thank you for asking that question sean um you just wow the reason i moved to colorado was that after i got injured in 1992 i came out to the second annual winter sports clinic and uh snow mass and we were skeet shooting riding snowmobiles scuba diving skiing i got a sunburn the first sunburn i ever had in my life uh we're golfing uh, Travis Tritt came up there and gave us a comp. It was amazing. And then I moved to Colorado to work for the DAV the very next year. Mm. That's how skiing got me then. And my life got, like, I wanted to be good at so many other things that skiing got pushed further and further back. Mm -hmm. And then uh, my son was heavily into skiing. Their stepdad is a uh, ski instructor. So they've been skiing mm. since they were three. And uh, the people that hang around ski, and then I was going to get my leg cut off anyway. I was like, you know what? I might as well, I'm going to have time. <laughs> and I'm going to have, right? So I might as well go learn to ski now. And so that's what I, so I, I started learning how to ski in 2018 and in November with Ignite, with Ignite Sports out here in Eldora. Yeah. I love it up there. Yeah. Ignite is one of our member organizations. They do great work there. Yeah. Right, I'm one of their products. I think they do. There you go. Exactly. You can speak the speak to the truth to that. Uh, and Sean, we... Sean, 
Can I tell you one more thing? I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, just and then think about that. So Ignite had me. I was their student, but because I'm a, a warfighter, then I got to go to NSCD. Um, so I got to spend a week at NSCD um, with um, at their race team or with their race instructors and whatever. And so I did those twice, right? Like I did those year two, and then I had Winter Sports Clinic. And so understand that's what I'm saying about these these uh, Move United chapters are Move United organizations. These are the opportunities. Um, I had a bunch of opportunities with Adaptive Adventures. Uh, I've done a bunch of rock climbing and, and um, National Ability Center out in Utah. I went out there um, whitewater rafting and uh, camping and what else did we do? We did rock climbing. Like I've done so much, Oscar Mike, uh, we skydiving and uh, riding the razor and like uh, playing wheelchair basketball. Oh. Yeah, and there and there are just so many opportunities if you look for them, um, and you're willing to take like you ha like you have been take you know take up the opportunity to, to do that. I want to I wanted to ask you if there's anything else before we wrap up. If there's anything else that you you know have on your mind or that you wanted to share. No, I I really want to say that I'm very proud to be a Move United Warfighter Ambassador. So it's just my hope, honestly. Um, I'm working on several projects. Um, one of them, I hope to go around and encourage folks in underserved communities to send us videos of them training, uh, videos of them doing how they adapt, right? And having prizes such as GoPros, having prizes such as a scholarship to one of these events and whatever. And, we're really working out the details for stuff like that, but I want to make sure that um, our our warriors, our veteran athletes, our women, our, our people of color, all of them know that we're coming for them, right? This is a time more than ever for us to unite. Well, for us to unite, right? Like we can take care of ourselves and man, once we move united, remove these obstacles through our network, like one organization could not, I couldn't, have this experience with one organization. The only common denominator that I found, to be honest with you, is Move United. And that's why I'm their ambassador. The common thread of all of these is Move United. So that's, understand that. So over 50 sports, 50 sports, mm -hmm. right? 155 chapters. That's, wow. And so to be, this is the place, this is the movement, and this is the time and to be a, a member of their DEI leadership team, to be the recipient of the Kirk M. Bauer um, scholarship, to be a Purple Heart veteran, of, to be a veteran of color. It's a, now is the time um, to be an amputee and to be a warfighter sports ambassador. I'm so proud of all those things collectively, things that would be obstacles and barriers. Now is the time for us to look at them through a different lens through a different filter. And I'm gonna show you by using these items to inspire, motivate, and influence. I hope to impact diversity, equity, and inclusion through advocacy, collaboration, and fundraising. Tom, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Absolutely, thank you so much, Tony. All right, have a great day. You too.